0: I've been checking out Steve Yagi's new podcast. For those who don't know, Steve Yagi is the author of the very famous Google Platforms rant, and he's just an entertaining and insightful author, if a little bit unhinged, but that's the way we like our entertainers. And this is him talking about the Xbox and how they lost a huge market share to PlayStation 4 and how bad executives can get hired and be allowed to do a really bad job. So our next story is going to be uh, a story that I think too many people have started to forget. And so I'm going to remind you all, there's still articles written about it today. Like I've seen articles from ni- uh, 2019 through 2020 that, that have, have brought it up, but I don't think anybody has really sat there and, and reflected on it the way they should have, okay? Because as you'll probably remember, uh, in the early 2000s and you know up through, well, uh, 2013, Microsoft's Xbox gaming console was completely and utterly dominant over the tiny pipsqueak little PS3. And uh, they had all the games, and they had all the gamers, and they had all the revenue, and they had all the brand awareness, and the PS3 was languishing, at least in the United States. And uh, and it hadn't always been that way. Microsoft had done some illegal stuff, which I talked about in a previous episode, to get them there. And uh, uh, but but it, it was what it was. Microsoft was was winning in the console space. And then in the space of two hours, one. Fateful day in E3, the uh, the conference, the gaming conference, E3, in, in 2013, Microsoft who got up on stage first, and they're like, "We're going to go first. We're going to we're going to announce the Xbox One uh, uh, before Sony announces the PS4." And ha ha ha, right? So what happened? Okay, what happened? you probably don't remember but you probably do know that the Xbox for many many years never recovered after this okay they lost all their market share they went down to about 25% sales were anywhere from 4 to 1 to 5 to 1 okay of ps uh, playstation outselling xbox for for many years after that happened and i don't know if they fully recovered yet ps5 is still i think a bigger deal than the xbox whatever version they're on how did this happen so some, you know, senior VP, some, you know, very distinguished leader within Microsoft Corporation went up on stage and and opened his fly and urinated away their entire gaming business. OK, I don't remember his name. I can never remember his name. And whenever I try to look it up, I can't find it because nobody says his name. And I finally realized that it's better for that man to remain anonymous forever and to be forgotten by history, to be erased, because he was an arrogant, narcissistic buffoon, like many other people at Microsoft at the time. And he uh, uh, was personally responsible every time he opened his mouth, he was sticking a knife into Microsoft. And we're talking a, a big, a good-sized crocodile Dundee kind of a knife, right? You know, and, and, and it didn't kill them, okay? But I can, I can talk to you about the ramifications that it had because, you know, Windows has been struggling for a long time, and it's really the hearts and minds of gamers that keeps Windows on the desktop. And they lost a huge hunk of that with the Xbox, okay? With this E3. Because what did he do? He stood up on stage... And he told everybody, folks, I'm pleased to announce that the Xbox One is going to be, I think it was the Xbox One, the X-Bone. He said, it's going to be $500. And there were crickets in the audience, right? And everyone was just like, well, $500, that's a lot of money. Because the rumors were, and they turned out to be true, that the PlayStation was going to be $400, $399.99. And and if you're going, you know, spoiler alert, if you're going after gamers, price point matters. Okay, but that was only the beginning. I mean, that dude—he had already come out and shot himself in the foot. But they just kept on going. They made announcement after that. I didn't take—I didn't take notes. I was just—I was just—I was. It was like a religious moment for me. I was so happy to hear. I was so excited to hear what was happening because I was a PlayStation guy, and I was still mad at Microsoft and Bill Gates for the way that they had illegally gotten all their market share and how they had treated. Sony after that and you know and I've talked about it and and I, I've hated Microsoft for what they did to standards committees and all these other things for many years and I you know I've softened on them a little bit in recent years under satya but still at the time I was like ha 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 schadenfreude right I was just like eating it up and he kept saying dumber and dumber things and digging himself deeper and deeper and and the audience was just you could just hear the audit they were starting to boo right and it was like he was like you know there isn't going to be any indie games no you know we're not interested in that we're only going for big box, right? Indie gamers tough, which is like, if you know anything about the game industry, that's the wrong thing to do. And he said, oh, and you know, uh, the reason that it's uh, an extra hundred dollars is we're including uh, the connect. Which is this robot that sits in your in your living room and it's connected to the Xbox and it watches you always and you can't turn it off and you can't disable it and 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 we the the box can't operate without it and this Kinect is going to be an extra hundred dollars and that's why it costs five hundred dollars and everyone was just like okay so there's an Orwellian nightmare thrown in for not free but for an extra hundred dollars and then and then they said oh yeah and by the way uh, um, your, your game discs are going to be locked to your console. So no more trading games with your friends. Cause you know, we're, we're tired of you doing that, that shenanigans, you know, and Microsoft not making money off of you. In fact, your whole family is going to have to pay individually for anybody who wants to play this game. <laughs> so by the time they finished this, I mean, it sounds ludicrous that they even said this, but by the time he finished, he had done something that no human being, I think has ever managed to do before ever he was able to alienate four generations of gamers and there it was like top 10 anime betrayal time i mean you don't even know what happened after that in the in the well two things happened one was the forums just started exploding with gamers that were just crying and they were sobbing and they felt betrayed and they said how could microsoft do this to me and oh my god and they and they started putting together you know all the ramifications of the draconian restrictions that microsoft had put in place and the incredibly high price point and they realized that that the game was over and they were they were devastated they were hurt i mean like you couldn't like like uh, it's it's hard to, k- to communicate just how hard he kicked all his gamers right in the balls uh, or you know uh, in the groin in general uh, and so look you know you can you can you can laugh at it and say ha 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 especially since the second thing that happened was you know as he was speaking okay And everybody was like, oh, Sony executives looked at each other and they were like, make some changes right now. And so during Microsoft's speech, Sony launched a very hastily shot video. And I'm sure it's available on YouTube. And they said, how to share games on the PS4. Step one. And there was a Japanese man and an an American guy. and and, and, And the Japanese guy had a disc in his hand of a game. And they were both looking at the camera and they turned towards each other. And he and the and the Japanese man bows. There I go, blurring out again. He bows and he hands the game to the American man. The American man's bowed and then they they come up and they turn and they smile. That was how you share a game on the PS4. And they and that was it. There was, there was no step two, okay? It was the most brilliant response I have ever seen in real time to a screwed up announcement like that. It was, it was unbelievable. And so overnight, the PlayStation got to 5X the sale rate of the Xbox. Everybody abandoned Microsoft. Now what happened to that nameless executive, okay? What happened to him? And was it really his fault? Well, I'll tell you what happened to him. A uh, very short time later, within two weeks, I mean a really short time later, that guy decided that he wanted to go spend more time with his family. Now, for those of you who are not in the tech industry and may not be in the know, wink, wink, okay, when a company fires an executive, they say, oh, we're so sad to be losing this person, and they've done such great things for us, and they're on to their next adventure, and oh, my God, I don't know how we're ever going to recover without them. And they let the executive leave with dignity. They maybe give them some time to go find another job, a, a cushy landing spot. And uh, and they make a big show of it because they don't want to you know, admit to anybody that they screwed up by hiring this executive in the first place. Well, this guy, so, so going to spend more time with your family is big tech industry code for you got canned so hard that they want people to know that they canned you. Okay. And so, and he announced, and then Microsoft announced that he was going to go spend more time with his family and they put someone else in charge. And that person had a very, very long uphill battle for years and years and years, because in two hours, this VP senior VP had managed to blow 80% market share, 80% of the market share, just like in the snap of a finger. Okay. Was it his fault? I would argue. And, you know, uh, you know, I can see, see it either way. But, you know, there there was a conversation that very likely happened where he went to his boss, Steve Ballmer, and said, hey, boss, I'm going to do this announcement at E3. And what we're going to do is we're going to take all them little kitties and we're going to squeeze them like a sp- and we're going to wring every penny out of them because we're going to be watching them 24 7 and if any of their family members try to play the game that they paid for for bobby and little brother Jimmy wants to play and they're not paying us we're going to shut it off remotely and for this privilege they're going to get to pay five hundred dollars and never have any indie games and steve Bomber was like hell yeah sounds good right It was absolutely Steve Bomber's fault. It's his ship. He's the captain. And so you, you know, you can point at the VP, but it was actually the CEO that blew this entire critically important business arm for them. Now, what about Steve Bomber, right? You know, how come he was in charge in the first place? Was it Steve Bomber's fault that this fiasco happened? I mean, you know, Steve Ballmer, you know, let's, let's take a look at him briefly. Okay. Steve Ballmer had one absolutely super impressive feat during his 10 years at Microsoft. He has a very large head as you've probably noticed. And somehow he managed to fit it all the way up his ass for 10 years while he was in charge at Microsoft because he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing for that company except embarrass them and everybody who had anything to do with them. Okay. He actually did one thing on his way out that a Microsoft insider told me about. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is now before we move on up the blame chain, because it doesn't end with Steve. So. So on his way out, a Microsoft highly-placed insider told me, you know, some time back that Steve Ballmer actually did something good for the company, finally, on his way out. And what he did was there was a bunch of tribal warlords who had been around since the bad old Bill Gates days, and they were ultra rich and they were ultra narcissistically arrogant and they were absolutely dead set against the company being successful in any way, unless they got some sort of like say in it. And they were the ones that, you know, sabotaged things like Windows Phone and they were causing this horrible, toxic turf war across the entire company. And Bomber apparently fired all of them or enough of them, okay, to where, uh, because it, you know, it was his final act as outgoing president, right? Uh, was to, uh, um, was to basically pave the way for Satya Nadella to come in and Satya's brilliant, come in and, uh, and rebuild, start the pro- the painful process of rebuilding Microsoft into a company that actually matters anymore. So, so that's bomber for you in a nutshell. He had that amazing circus feet with his head and then nothing big, fat, nothing. Okay. Now, let me ask you all, a, a, you know, a question and I want you to be honest. Okay. Raise your hand if you think that Bill Gates was completely unbiased and impartial when he vetted all the candidates and chose his next door neighbor and golfing buddy, Steve Ballmer to be in charge of Microsoft corporation for the next 10 years. Do you think that after his rigorous vetting process, where he looked at all the possible candidates that, that it was really obvious to, to any unbiased observer that Steve bomber was really the best person person to put in charge. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any, I'm looking, I don't see any hands. Okay. Everybody knows that Steve Ballmer was not a good person to put in charge and he stayed in charge for a long time. Was that Bill Gates's fault? I mean, we've been moving up the chain here. We have, first of all, the Xbox just completely self-destructs it. I mean, the VP might as well have doused himself in gasoline and, and, and lit himself on fire. That's how impressive his achievement was. Okay. And I'm saying, well, it was kind of his fault, but then his boss, right. Also let this happen. And then his boss him in charge bill gates and you know you can look at bill gates and say yeah he made a lot of dumb decisions right you know because there was microsoft bob you know where bill gates put his wife in charge and look how bob turned out look up microsoft bob in wikipedia all right so bill gates was not already known for making very good business decisions by the time he was in charge uh, and and, the, and then Bomber went on to do things like the Zune, look it up, or the Kin, look it up, right? You know, just failure after failure after failure, okay? So the, the, the management problem was, but really, really, uh, why did the board of directors of Microsoft Corporation allow Bomber to be in charge for so long before they finally fixed it? All these people with their fancy suits and their fat fat, fat investment portfolios and their, their big houses and their yachts and their smug expressions on their face and their business talk and everything that they, that they, that makes them who they are. They look the part and they play the part and they are absolutely incompetent. They are clueless and they allow things like Steve Ballmer and that stupid nameless VP to happen. And the company is absolutely devastated. I mean, this didn't kill Microsoft. Okay. But it was absolutely a body blow to a vital organ that, you know, companies are in a race. They're all racing in some, you know, big marathon. What happens when you hit a company so hard in their kidney that they double over in pain for 15 minutes. Okay. They get real far behind in the race. And that's what this E3 2013 did to Microsoft. Okay. Straight left hook to the kidney, you know, and so, you know, I, I, I could talk, you know, more about the Microsoft incident, you know, because there were actually, there was more fallout and there's more learnings and it was all very ha ha ha. But, you know, I, I want to, I want to take a step back and say, okay, yeah, but it's all ancient history, you know, so what, right? Like, yeah, there's been some bad eggs, you know, and everything. And, you know, we can look back at history and we can say, yeah, a lot of companies have had bad eggs, you know, like for example, you know, in 1999, uh, fortune magazine came out, I believe it was fortune, not Forbes. They came out with a, uh, a why CEOs fail, which was this longitudinal big long study that they did, where what they did was they went around and they interviewed a bunch of failed CEOs. They're like, Hey Joe, uh, you know, you were the CEO of such and such company when it went under because a lot of companies go under and then we just don't talk about them anymore. It's like, Oh, they lost. Let's not look at them. But you know, it's really instructive to go and look at them and say, what happened? Okay. And uh, you know, so they, they, they gathered the results and there were, you know, some, some, some obvious ways that CEOs can fail, right? They're uh, you know, they're defective people. You know, they're narcissistic and they always think they're right and they're, you know, they're arrogant and they think they're infallible and they won't listen to people's feedback and they stomp around and they rage and they gnash. And, you know, this even happened with Uber, right, with Travis, TK, you know, I am swear I'm going to burn every possible career bridge that I can on this show because I want to stay retired. So, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the CEO themselves can be a toxic person. Uh, you know, another reason CEOs fail is that, you know, they can, they can just uh, be set up to fail and there's no possible way that really anybody could execute their way out of this problem that the company's created for themselves, you know, or the CEO fails because, you know, they're not engaged enough or the CEO fails because their hands are tied. They don't execute well, whatever reason. But the number one reason, the one that I really took away, the one that, that I see again and again and again, ever since that 1999 article is they put their trust in the wrong people. They put people in charge who are their next-door neighbor's golfing buddy. Do you know anybody like that? Okay. The biggest and the best and the brightest can put their faith in really bad people. There's more here, but I cut it for time. Check the description if you want the full episode. But I really enjoyed that description of Steve Ballmer. This is how you share your games on PS4. Thanks.